When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. College Football Nerds here talking Penn State and Auburn. Huge game, biggest game of the week for us that we're covering. I think it's the biggest game in college football, Josh. Josh is here with me. We're getting nerdy. And we've got a couple of things of note. One, we've been doing a live show this season, so we did one Saturday night. You can go watch it. It's on. It's posted, obviously, the replay on our YouTube, but we'll also post the audio version, the podcast version, in the description. Um, we're going to do another one Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, so... You know, set your calendar, set your alarm clock, and be there. The chat's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Um, second thing, as always, in the comments, we need your score for this game. And, Josh, let's go ahead and get talking about it because we're going to give our score for this game. Um, we've seen these two teams play so far, um, but I think that there's probably an advantage that Auburn has that Penn State had to actually play a team. Tell me, is this not, for Auburn, maybe the perfect scenario for them heading into this game that Penn State had to play somebody and Auburn under a new coach, in a new system, trying to get used to Harson and, and, and all the position coaches and all the schemes and everything that you had two tune-up games before this big one? It is definitely an advantage to Auburn in that regard. Uh, Auburn is running a new offensive system, which means – Penn State doesn't really have any tape of what Auburn wants to do in this game. And at the same time, Penn State was in a knockdown dragout fight with Wisconsin, so they really had to throw everything they could to be able to uh, get the upset in that game. You put the two together, and I think Auburn is going to be able to really practice and prepare for Wisconsin and probably was last week. Uh, Penn State's going to you know, do the same, but they don't really know what they're going to be facing. So 
going into it, I think that's actually a pretty significant advantage for Auburn. Now, the flip side to it is that they got to play at Penn State. Happy Valley is a very difficult place to play. And people want to talk about SEC football, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Penn State is absolutely one of those stadiums outside the SEC that is just as hostile as an SEC environment. And that is something that has been really difficult for uh, everybody in college football this year with a year off. And I think it's something that can really affect Bo Nix uh, when you think back to his past records. So, yeah, I think there's an advantage for Auburn and not showing you know, showing their cards, so to speak. I think that could give them a little bit of a hot start in this game. They're probably going to be really well scripted because they've, they've been able to practice their script for two weeks. They've had no reason to run a heavily scripted offense. Um, whereas Penn State, uh, they're they're going to have to play this more like an average game. Um, so I think that, that and the home field advantage maybe to a certain degree cancel each other out, but it's kind of interesting that both of them have that angle. Yeah, and, and we always talk about like every time, because we're in SEC country, for those of y'all who don't know, um, the usual suspects always come up. Who's great or what stadiums are great, tough, toughest places to play. And they always say, you know, LSU or maybe Alabama. Auburn's a great one as well. Um, and we always throw Beaver Stadium in the ring uh, because that is a dynamic, electric environment. And I think that Auburn fans that are making this trip are in for a huge treat because you know, 100K plus strong, and it's going to be rocking Saturday night. Um, one thing that's interesting to me, Josh, about this is just how similar these two teams are. And, you know, I, I think Clifford and Bo Nix are very similar in that they're both very athletic quarterbacks. They've got good arms. They're not going to put up gaudy passing numbers. That's just not the kind of quarterbacks they are, um, especially in the yards per attempt department. You're not going to see 12, 13 YPA from them. It's going to be 7 probably in the sevens in this game, but they both can do things with their legs. There will be some design runs for both of them throughout the game. They'll put up between 40 and 60 yards, if I'm guessing, in this game, and that's a big a big deal. Both have great dynamic running backs. Noah Kane's great. Um, obviously, down here, people know about Tank as well. Um, so given that there's a lot of similarities in how these two teams are going to approach the game, is it important for one or both of these teams to try to get into the depth of the other team, to try to strain them, maybe change the game plan up a little bit to where you run a lot of plays, to where you you know, you know don't try to eat the clock because you want to get into that depth where you might have frontline starters that are really good, but you can maybe take advantage in certain areas where there are you know weaknesses, especially in depth on either side of the ball. I think the depth of talent on each team is probably where advantages do or do not lie. Like you said, quarterback position is pretty similar. I think there's a similarity in the running back position. Um, You can debate which one's better. I might give a hair of an advantage to the combo of Knicks and Bigsby over what Penn State puts out there. Bigsby is a phenomenal back. Um, But it starts to get interesting when you look at like offensive line and receiver. Um, Both teams have... One guy that's probably their leading receiver, be it Dotson or Robertson at Auburn. The offensive lines haven't quite shaken out to be the dominant unit that both programs, I think, would like to see historically. Um, And I'm not sure which one really has the advantage. Now, I I kind of like Penn State's combination of experience and maybe in some ways more proven quality, a little more than Auburn's. Auburn has, you know, a lot of returning experience on, for example, the offensive line. But that offensive line has not performed great historically. And at the receiver position, I'm still waiting to see where Auburn goes from it. But 
it's those things that I think are going to define this game. Uh, I, I think the the stars they're going to lean on, I think they're going to lean on Nix's athleticism and Bixby as a runner for sure. But that's only going to go so far as the offensive line can carry him. The quarterback's abilities in this game are only going to go so far as the wide receiver's abilities. And then you throw in the mix, like Auburn has a very good secondary. Penn State has a very good defense. There are a lot of advantages in matchups on the defensive side of the ball. And only a couple real strengths for the offense. And really, the running backs are good. And outside that, I'm not sure where it's at. So whoever can hold up the best elsewise to get little points here and there, I think is going to be the guy that can end up winning the game. It's interesting that I don't know how much COVID play last year plays into this where we don't have a lot of, we've got a lot of guys for Auburn who haven't played in a real hostile environment. Cause I think that I think in most SEC stadiums were like 50% last year or something like that. Um, so to get something like this, a hundred thousand people just totally keyed up might play into this. So does it surprise you with this home field advantage that the early spreads are between five and seven, so let's say six in this game, that it's a one-score spread given that one team's ranked number 10, one team's ranked number 22. Um, Both teams had struggles last year and are kind of getting, I think, a bit of a COVID pass. Are you surprised at this point spread, and what does it tell you given that Penn State's got a massive – advantage with that rowdy crowd i'm not personally surprised by the spread but i think it's surprising if you just look at number 10 playing number 22 and you expect to see the differential there's usually a big gap between someone that's around 10th in the country and someone that's barely ranked usually it's a multi-score gap and vegas is saying this is really less than a one score gap and that's with the game being at happy valley Um, I'll be blunt. I think it speaks to the fact that the SEC's mid-tier teams are really good. And that even a SEC team that quite, you know, at Auburn, I think is really expected to be in something of a rebuilding year is still on the national stage, a top level talent team and is still a highly competitive team. And, you know, there's a reality of that coming out of the Arkansas, Texas game. And it's easy to poo poo Texas and say, well, they're Texas and they always claim to be back. Look, Arkansas is a team that went three and seven last year, and they dominated that game with the line of scrimmage. And that's just really a reflection of the collection of line talent and, like you said, depth that's existing in these programs. I think it speaks volumes that this game is that close. And I'm going to say something if you're a Penn State fan, you know, forgive me for saying this. I think it also says a lot about the evaluation coming out of that Wisconsin game. Um, you know, Wisconsin outgained Penn State by 70 yards. And They had 29 first downs to Penn State's 11. Three turnovers was the story of the Wisconsin-Penn State game. That is something Penn State absolutely won on the field. You get to brag about that. We, in our internal rankings, we always view it as if you played that game 100 times over again, you win every one of them, at least that one, because you won it. But if you're looking at forward-looking predictions, right, you don't bet on how many games you've won. You bet on how good the team is. And when you look at a game where you win the game, but you weren't great statistically and where the other team, especially if the other team made a lot of mistakes and gave it to you, that doesn't mean that you're going to win the next one. You know, you don't win a game because you won the last one. And that's where I think a lot of this play is where I think it's frankly, it's a combination of Auburn being still a very talented team, even though they're probably, I think probably solidly middle of the pack right now for the SEC. Hopefully if you're an Auburn fan, you're not too offended. This is a bit of a rebuilding year. There's a lot of pieces missing on the offensive side of the ball uh, and a lot of defenders shaken up. And Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but we haven't seen it yet. 
And in the Penn State side, I think this is a team that's still trying to find their offensive identity. And Auburn has the potential to be every bit as good defensively as Wisconsin was. And if you end up with that result and you get 11 first downs and you get 16 points, I don't know how well I like your odds if you're a Penn State of winning against Auburn with 15 or 16 points in a ballgame. Yeah, and I think that Penn State fans will tell you that they're not going to get 15 or 16 points in this ballgame. Uh, they're going to get a lot more than that. And I think it's a reasonable expectation um, given maybe what we know and what we don't know about Auburn. So what I want to do is maybe – maybe touch on given that these two teams are so similar is the path to victory the same do they both want the same kind of game um or is one getting it to you know an up tempo not not necessarily like auburn what we saw under gus malzahn but like an up tempo run a lot of plays we want to see 80 plays a game 90 plays and then the other side wants to do 60 and cut you know cut the game short or is it a situation where we really don't know much of what to expect, at least from Auburn, from an offensive standpoint, because of that hole, they haven't played anybody yet. I think both teams probably want to play similar styles, which is run first, don't rely on your quarterback to make high-pressure throws. I don't think either team is going to trust their quarterbacks to try to bail them out. Um, It's really curious to me to see what kind of an offense they end up running at Auburn, uh, you know, you've got a guy that's typically been a West Coast guy when he was at Boise State and Harson. He's been a bit reticent to modernize as much as a lot of teams have, or at least he did at Boise. There've been signs that they're going to be more RPO-based, but that also goes a little bit against Mike Bobo's tendency. I mean, these are two coaches that are want to be a blue-collar football team and run the ball. I think Penn State has been more willing to be modern but they haven't always executed it at a high level. And I think a lot of Penn State fans have been frustrated because the consistency in the run game, the consistency of execution hasn't always been there in Franklin's tenure. I think both of them would like to win mainly by running the ball, but when they throw it, I think it could be pretty different. Penn State would much rather get their shots downfield. I think, given the coaching staff at Auburn, they're going to be a lot more happy to have the uh, close passing game. Um, maybe try to take some shots to Robertson, but I'm not sure where the personnel is at really otherwise to try to get over the top. They don't have uh, the speedsters they had last year on this roster. I'll tell you, though, maybe, do you mind if I go ahead and start getting into picks and predictions? I think we're about that point in the discussion, right? So I think personally, one of the big deciders here is going to be how good Auburn's run defense really is. Um, Auburn historically has been an excellent run defense and an excellent front seven. Last year, that wasn't 100% true. I mean, they gave up uh, almost seven yards per carry to A&M, over over five yards per carry to Tennessee, to Alabama, about five yards per carry to uh, Georgia. Now, that was actually worse than that early in the game. And that, that, uh, but, you know, that was a pretty lopsided loss. Um, I don't know that their rush defense is what it has been. And when Truesdale left the roster, I think there's, in my mind, a lot of concern on the size and run-stopping ability of that front. It's still pretty disruptive. It's still good. But the linebackers have had their struggles dealing with power run games. And the line is the good pieces, guys like Derek Hall and Moultrie, which I think are really good players, are maybe a little more advanced in the disruptive side than they are just holding point. And I'm not sure how well Auburn can hold up in that that perspective. 
I think Penn State may be a little bit better off there. Um, and that's where that's where I start to give the edge to Penn State because I do think this is going to be a very, very tight, hard-fought game. And I think the team that wins this game more than likely is going to be the team that can hold up a little better in the trenches and not give up many easy plays and make the other team fight for it. Um, Penn State faced a really good Wisconsin front, a really good Wisconsin rushing attack. They gave up three yards of carry. Um, I know Auburn looked phenomenal statistically, but they were playing really bad competition. I mean, Akron is quite possibly the worst team in college in, in FBS and would lose to a large percentage of FCS teams. And then you played an FCS team that wasn't particularly good. So, you know, initial guess for me, I'm going to say probably Penn State 27-20. And I think it's going to be a game that could go either way. It's going to be a game where I think Penn State just has a little more success in the trenches than Auburn does. Um, And I think both teams are going to really struggle to get the points where they can. Um, But I think this is one of the more unpredictable games, really, in college football. I think this is going to be a really telling game. I want to talk about that in a minute. Um, But, you know, in my view... I think Penn State is more set up better against Auburn because Auburn's strength is in pass defense. Penn State is going to be happy to just run the ball as much as possible. And that secondary for Auburn kind of goes to waste a little bit against this opponent and against a team where I think Auburn is probably going to struggle to score a lot themselves. This game is hard to pick for me because of what we've been saying so far. The theme of this is they're very similar teams in – really who they are i think talent level um they both have quarterbacks who have a lot of experience they both have good running backs it's tough um i do think auburn has an advantage in that they haven't had to show a lot on tape and and that penn state has that wisconsin game is a big deal for them probably more so to see how to attack their defense or where they could get some wins against that defense more than anything else um but that advantage is probably offset by the home field advantage that, that Penn State's going to have. Here's the thing for me, because um, a lot of my thoughts after the Wisconsin game were that I, I felt like I wanted to pick Auburn in this game. My concern in these trash games, or these, these crappy opponents, these tune-up games, is that... Bo Nix hasn't really been running comfortably their offense in a way that makes me feel good about them being able to do it against Penn State. And yes, they put up a boatload of points. But if you look at him statistically, it's not great. It's 94-yard runs from your backup running back. It's, it's you know, against Alabama State, they were kind of scuffling early. And then they were like, you know what? Okay, let's just use our... SEC FBS line and running backs and just churn them to bits and kind of outwill them. Something that we wanted to see Washington be able to do against Montana and they couldn't. So to Auburn's credit, they were able to do that. But that's also a negative in the sense that they're not out there running through their offense smoothly and getting these 10, 11 play drives, um, in a way that I want to see in terms of offensive efficiency. And I think that's going to come into play in this game. Um, I still think it's a close game because I think these are two very closely matched teams. I've got Penn State 24, Auburn 20 um, in, in a game that I would completely be unsurprised if Auburn wins. Um, so tell me, you said there was something else you wanted to touch on. Why don't you go ahead and get into that? 
One of the more interesting things to me about this game is just trying to figure out where the mid-tier of the SEC really is. Uh, going into the Arkansas-Texas game, I thought Arkansas was a really tough matchup for Texas, and I had Arkansas against the spread. I didn't see Arkansas dominating the lines of scrimmage. The 2020 was a weird year because it was so isolated. The conferences only played themselves, and we got a handful of bowl games at the end of the year, and we had to extrapolate how all these mid-tier teams would have done if they played each other based off the handful of bowls, which were usually only the high-end teams. I think there's probably a lot of really bad misconceptions, and I'm not saying it means the SEC is necessarily elite. What I'm saying is every one of these games is going to be telling in terms of just overall talent level, um, and when a, you see a team like Arkansas, which was a kind of a bread and butter team last year, that was a blue collar team and struggled to go to a three and seven record, utterly dominate what is supposed to be at least one of the more talented teams, even if they're not one of the best ones, um, in a physical fashion that indicates that, you know, bread and butter in the SEC is actually high end talent elsewise. And I think this game is going to be really telling where the Big Ten and the SEC is. Because I do think the Big Ten is a lot more talented and physical than the Big 12. I don't think that Arkansas analog really applies to the Big Ten. I'm saying this game is a bit similar in how well does Auburn, who is known for having good fronts and especially physical play in the SEC, even in, even in their down years, hold up against a Penn State team that has usually had a very similar reputation. And that, to me, is going to really help me flesh out how these, like, an Auburn team that I don't think is going to be a real threat to win the conference, but is going to be playing, you know, are they going to be able to play tough with the teams in the conference? Sure. But I'm more interested in, you know, where would they fare? Would they be like first, second, or third in a lot of other conferences, right? Would they be at the top half of the Big Ten? Can they really compete with like an Ohio State, a Wisconsin, a Penn State? Or is the mid-tier of the SEC look like a mid-tier in the Big Ten? And that's the that's the description of you know number ten versus number twenty two with a less than a one score spread. Um, Vegas seems to think that it's a little more compressed than that, um, but we'll see. I, I'm not really commenting on that. I have Penn State to win the game, but I do think this game is, regardless of who wins, okay. I think the ability of Auburn to hold up physically with Penn State and how those matchups go is going to be a little bit telling. Um, with how these conferences line up against each other. Yeah, and, and I think that that's great, and I think that both of these teams should be lauded for their scheduling. Um, Penn State, Auburn, we saw it with you know Oregon and Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. These are the data points we need, these cross-conference data points that we haven't been getting in previous years. And I'm not just talking about last year with COVID. I'm talking about a lot of years. Where everybody plays in isolation, we have no idea how good anybody is by the end of the year, and we're just throwing darts at a dartboard. So I got a lot of respect for Penn State and a lot of respect for Auburn for scheduling this game, and it's not a neutral site game, which makes it even more fun. So um, my final thought on this, and, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I think Penn State wins, and it hinges on the legs of Sean Clifford, that he makes a play or two, or put stress on that defense with his legs, um, and, it, and, it, and it's the difference in the game. Uh, Josh, give me your one key difference in this game, and then we'll close it out. I think the key difference in the game is that I, I think Auburn's receiving core is going to really struggle. They've got a lot of turnover. I think by the middle to the end of the year, they might kind of figure out where their best options are. But the problem with playing weak opponents early is you don't really get to stress yourself. And there is so much turnover at the skill position that I think the receiving core may struggle. It may lead to some dumb turnovers, and I think that's probably what going to 
you know, aside from Penn State, I think being able to run the ball, I think that's the thing that may end up really deciding the game. All right, y'all, that's it for us on Auburn and Penn State. Let us know in the comments what you think this score is going to be. And remember, live show, 10 p.m. Eastern Saturday night. And you can go back and watch our previous live show from Saturday. We covered all the craziness of Oregon, Ohio State, and Florida State losing on Al Mary, Texas, Arkansas, all that. If you want to hear us talk about those things, check that one out. Thanks so much, y'all. Have a great week, and God bless. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.